G'day punters and welcome to Winning Post's preview podcast for the weekend of Saturday, July 9. I'm John Barker from Winning Post. Joining me as usual, my colleagues, Jackpot Joel Marshall and Dynamite Dan Nuttall. Well, Joel, our thoughts with uh, the three jockeys who were injured in a terrible spate of falls earlier in the week, but uh, later in the week we've thankfully got some positive prognoses uh, in that in that regard. Um, meanwhile, the horses are, uh, some of the spring horses are starting to come back at Caulfield and we've got Artorias to look through forward to this weekend as well. Yeah, indeed, Barks. It's been uh, yeah, a terrible week for uh, for accidents, unfortunately. But um, yeah, obviously we pass on our best, and it just uh, just another stark reminder of the dangerous game that uh, we all obviously love. Um, yeah, the Monash Stakes at Caulfield um, it just seems to be coming around earlier and earlier every year. This race, but it's um, yeah, not a bad renewal on Saturday. We've got a couple of Handy types returning from a break. Um, uh, Maliva and Oxley Road head the betting. They're both resuming. And even Asar, who's another horse who's been Group 1 competitive, he, um, he's not resuming, but he hasn't raced for uh, for a few weeks. And he's still a stallion too. So I think they'll be uh, pretty keen to have him forward and wound up for, uh, for these early sprint races. It might be sort of his time to shine. So interesting race. Um, and also... The Queensland Carnival it normally wraps up done and dusted after the Sunshine Coast, but not so with this year. We've got a couple of black type races there at Doombin. Held held over from uh, earlier in the Carnival. You're uh, not wrong. It's not your imagination about the Monash Stakes seeming to get earlier and earlier. It um, started out, it was uh, running in August, and in fact, uh, one year it was as late as August 14. So it certainly has crept earlier on the calendar. I think it's changed the complexion of it a bit. I think it's... Uh, Probably, it's probably detracted from it a little bit because um, possibly the absolute best ones aren't uh, necessarily ready to resume early in July. Uh, but mind you, I guess with the um, I guess the Everest has kind of brought the uh, brought the calendar forward a bit for um, the top sprinters. Anyway, Dan, you have joined us, and as Joel mentioned, uh, the uh, Queensland Carnival just, well, it's its last gasp this weekend, but uh, it does seem to be going on and on. We've got a few uh, held over from earlier on and uh, a few interesting horses going around on what will be a wet track at Doombin, but perhaps most notably from a future point of view, uh, Uncommon James in the Derby McCarthy. Yeah, that's right. The stable earlier in the week, um, we get let, let um, the punting world know of their intention to send a few horses south. Uh, pretty rare move by them. Haven't seen uh, Steve O'Day and Matt Hoisted obviously um, became a p- partnership in the last couple of years. They haven't really targeted any the bigger races or, you know, sort of any regular races down south in Melbourne. Um, and they're going to bring a couple in. And Common James is one that they've certainly earmarked that is good enough, they think, to, um, you know, pick up maybe a couple of a group three or a group two in the early spring. And look, he's a really exciting prospect off of off a long break and, he showed his class winning first up um, and doing it, backing it, backing it up on the, which was backed up on the clock. So I think he's certainly a horse if he can, you know, get the job done this weekend. Certainly, um, you know, can pick up a group three, group two race down south. Um, the Chief De Beers look a pretty look, sort of the usual sp- suspects in the Queensland sprinting ranks. Um, you know, just the, the, yeah, the question will be how, you know, how well they can handle 
the wet track. Um, and, yeah, the Pam O'Neill Stakes, a pretty open contest for the fillies and there. Certainly a few handy horses in there. Um, should be – is it looks – shapes as a good betting race. It should be a competitive one. So, um, yeah, another – whilst we'll be on a wet track at Doombin, very uh, good card of racing. And, um, you know, I think a few of these can put their hand up certainly to – um, for some better races later on in the year. All righty, we will get to Doombin shortly. We'll start at Caulfield, though, for that race we discussed. That is race eight, Ned's Sir John Monash Stakes, 1,100 metres, standard weight for age, group three. Joel, I take it uh, from your preamble that you are with one or two of the first uppers here. Yeah, I'm certainly um, with the with the ones that are, coming off a bit of a break and, and those that are up the top of the market. I'm keen on Maliva. I think she's a smart mare. I probably underestimated her last prep and, and a few others certainly did when she won first up at $26, winning the Alingi Stakes at Caulfield. She was much more fancied when she added another listed win down the straight in the Kensington third up, beating home Parsifal. Her two runs in between, uh, sort of either side of that Kensington run were good, went third and fourth, and then maybe just came to the end of it. She sort of had had a bit of a break between runs into that race at Flemington. Um, yeah, sort of in those seven or eight weeks between runs. She drew barrier one, too. So I think that was a forgive. She's won six from 14. She's three from four first up. And she maps pretty well here from the good gate. So I think she's hard to beat. I put Asar in for second. Did hear J.D. Hayes speak about him earlier in the week uh, on the radio. And he was pretty bullish, um, saying that he's pretty well wound up here and I think being a being an end tie they probably see a chance to pick up a couple of group races you know with this and perhaps the Bletchingly in a couple of weeks time uh, he was very good in the Rupert Clark at this track back in the spring when fourth uh, the other end tie in the race Oxley Road no doubt will be pretty wound up and ready to go and of course he placed in the group one Oakley plate last prep so certainly that's that's the the A grade form line coming into this race. Um, he was beaten first up last prep, but he had 59 against Marine 1's 54. So I think they're the three. I'd, I'd be surprised if the winner came outside of them. I've thrown five Ashford Street. He's your sort of typical hardened, um, in-fit, in-form sprinter tackling these horses that are, you know, perhaps a little bit vulnerable. He might be the one that, um, you know, that can sneak in there. But uh, I think the other three probably just have, have a touch of class on them. I've gone with eight from one, four and five. I've gone with four as on top Oxley Road. Yeah, Joel said he's certainly <clears throat> class horse in the field. The races he um, contested last prep and whilst not winning, he certainly held his own in the Rubiton and the Oakley Plate. <clears throat> a very good first up record. And the Caulfield seems to be a favourite of his that just tracks. So drawn to get every chance, I thought he was... Hard to beat Oxley Road. Got three in next sartorial splendour. Um, I thought it was a good ra- good run down the straight, 1,200 metres last start. It's probably the ex- absolute furthest, furthest he wants it. Back to 1,100 metres here. Um, will be harder to catch out in front. In for third, I've got How Womantic. <clears throat> um, just forgive the last start running the gold topaz. Pulled up lame there. Thought that the fresh run at Flemington was very good running on... The third behind Easy Single. Um, look, she's a very consistent mare. I think a touch of overs in this field. And eight in next, uh, Maliva, who, look, I might have underestimated as well. Last prep, and perhaps I am here just putting her fourth pick, but um, obviously knows how to win in that very good first up record. She has to be included as well. But four, three, seven, and eight on, for me. 
Uh, Maliva for me. I'm with Joel to be Oxley Road for Leisha and Ashford Street for fourth nine, uh, eight, four, nine and five. Um, Joel Maliva was your best. Tell us about your value bet, which comes up in the last. Yeah, last race, uh, my value bet is number 17, Mr. Exclusive. Um, listeners will know I'm a fan of this horse. I always seem to find myself tipping him. He was very good first up at a price, very game. And then a bit more found in the market last time. He was, he always sort of comes off a bit before the turn and that's what he did. But then when he would sort of pick the bit up and was ready to go, there was just no room. And he basically went down the straight untested and that's why he finished 12th of 14. So forget that run. He drops eight and a half kilos with the claim for Tatum Bull. And he's going to be better priced than he was the other day. So I think he's a, a good each way play. And just earlier in the day for my Ruffy race three, uh, which is the three-year-old race over the 2,000 metres. And number eight, the Red Kite. Now, this bloke trialled in New Zealand, trialled well on the synthetic. And no surprise to see him kick off on the synthetic at his Australian debut. And it was a big win. He took a while to sort of wind up. But then the last 100 metres, he really put a gap on them. Went to Caston on a heavy eight next time. Smallish field. He just had no luck. He was caught three wide the trip. I thought he battled on really well. I think he's a promising stayer in the making. Just hoping that this hasn't come too soon. There's probably a few more seasoned horses in the race. But, uh, yeah, I like him for the future. So, at 20 to 1, I'll take the gamble on him on Saturday. My best comes up early in the day. Race 2. I'm with the Brosen Bowmare, Bell CL. She's a horse that hasn't hasn't had a whole heap of luck of late. Um, from the wide draw last start, got a long way back, and look, really loved the way she hit the line there into third. Uh, not much luck at Flemington down the straight, and was caught wide three back at Caulfield. She has got back in her last couple, but she is capable of sort of settling uh, midfield. She does uh, possess some tactical tactical speed, so I'd imagine from that pretty decent alley, um, hoping anyway she can sort of settle midfield and and not leave herself with too much to do. She got a good finish on her and I think really going well this prep without winning. So with the um, with a bit of a change in fortune, um, I think she can break through and get the job done. Race two, number 10. The value comes up in race four. Thought Ruba um, has come up at a silly price around $16. Um, solid effort last start at Mornington, but um, did we beat a stakes winner last uh, Stakes winner of a stakes race last weekend in Monbahar beat that horse earlier in the campaign at Sandown Lakeside over 2,100 metres. So I think going well, this preparation um, <clears throat> gets back onto a, a dry deck this time around. The heavy 10 last start is probably not his go, but a dry surface here. Um, they utilise a claim with the informed Matty Cartwright taking off one and a half. I think Ruby was over the odds in race four, number five. Uh, my best, a bit dangerous, I think, going up against Joel's value bet, and also it's Tavi Dance, who uh, is a bit of a teaser. But uh, I did like the first up run. Does stay at fourteen hundred metres, but uh, but certainly with, thought certainly with the weight swing could uh, turn the tables on biometric. And uh, I mean, look, there's a few dangers here in uh, Lakeen. He's our Bonneville and uh, Joel's pick, but uh, Tavi Dance, my best. The value bet in the first race, one number four, jukebox flyer, uh, good win. Uh, on a soft track back in February and then spelled again. And uh, I think, judging by the recent trial, might it go even better on a good track, which we might not get. It's good at the moment, but uh, there is a bit of rain forecast 
before Saturday. A bit of small stable overs, I think, about race one, number four, Jukebox Flyer. Uh, Doombin, the venue for Brisbane Racing on Saturday. And there's a couple of black-type races late in the card, as we mentioned earlier. We'll start with one that isn't quite a black-type race, but uh, it's the one that involves Uncommon James. Uh, it is a feature race, and that's race seven, Impressu Derby McCarthy over uh, 1,110 metres. Set weights and penalties for the three-year-olds, Dan. Yeah, with Uncommon James on top, um, as I said, very promising horse who a bit of a bit of a wrap on him uh, last prep anyway. Sort of won a listed race before a spell. Uh, Twelve months off, he came back at Eagle Farm a fortnight ago and um, had the nice run off the speed. But once asked for an effort, he really showed off a, a lovely turn of foot, dashed away, and and um, there was an impressive win to the eye. And as I said, it was backed up on the clock as well. So. Uh, on top for me, Uncommon James. I think he's um, going to win better races than this in time. It's a couple of handy horses he's up against, though. The Colts at the top, the one, Kalos, the, the Godolphin Colt. Um, look, only had the one run last start. Excuses for that uh, defeat. But, look, he is a Group 2 Danehill winner down the straight. Uh, two lengths. One by two lengths. That was an impressive effort. Then was a little bit playing the Coolmore stud stakes um, subsequently. But, look, he's... Um, off sort of almost seven months off, oh, sorry, almost after six months off, he's had two trials in Sydney leading into this. Although both have been quite good, um, he's certainly the, the main danger to the favourite. <clears throat> in for third, Miss Hipstar, not a whole lot of luck last start at Ipswich. Um, you know, very consistent filly, seldom runs poorly. And in for fourth, I have the uh, 10 put on the red light. I was pretty keen on last start, and she looked a winning hope 200 out, just sort of. Peaked on her run late there, um, fitter for that run, and uh, back down to 54 kilos. So um, one for the exotics, I think, but the four will be hard to beat on top of one, seven, and ten. Yeah, four for me as well, Uncommon James. Hard to tip against. I guess the unknown is just, you know, how we'll handle a a seriously rain-affected track, but um, uh, ran some very good late splits there when winning first up. So... He's hard to beat. Uh, old favourite, Miss Hipstar, in for second. She probably should have won last start. A little bit unlucky. Uh, it was a good run from her. I think five Cecil Street Lad might be the overs. Richard Lamming sent this bloke north after a couple of unplaced runs in Victoria. He's been carrying big weights um, against older horses. So I think he can be a bit forgiving. He has got talent. He can mix it up. Um, no doubt about that. But uh, the best of him, I think, is a, a place chance at 30 to 1. And one Kalos. So if he shows his best, then he's certainly a uh, uh, one of the major players as well. But four on top for me from seven, five, and one. Race eight at Doombin on Saturday is the Forex Chief De Beers, also over 1,110 metres. This one, a listed quality, Dan. Uh, I thought this was pretty tricky. I've got contemptuous on top, but um, you know, not convinced he can will get through this sort of ground. He has got a placing on a heavy track, but certainly a better horse on a, on a dry deck. Um, but that said, he's very, very consistent. The fresh run I thought was good considering he sat wide. I think um, the slight rise of trip helps. Doombin loves this track. It's a misapp- um, As I said, a little bit of a query on the, on the wet track, but there's probably a few of those in the field with that same sort of query. So I'm going to put him on top, the eight. Got the nine in next Tahitian Dancer. Um, whether Doombin's her track, it's... It remains to be seen. She ran okay on this sort of track, second up on a heavy eight. Um, she's just going really well in better races this prep, I thought, and 
just had to be added in down at 54 kilos. In for third, I have the two, Mr. Mosaic, the Sydney visitor. Um, very speedy gelding, a better draw and probably be keener on his chances, but just where he gets through from that wide gate, he can sort of cross from the draw and probably settle outside uh, the one, Usmanov, who was my fourth pick. Um, drew a bit of luck this prep, um, certainly come back in better better order than he has sort of in, in preps gone past, and recent preps gone past anyway, but eight on top of nine, two, one in a race of little confidence. Yeah, I thought it was a bit tricky as well. I've leaned the way of number two, Mr. Mosaic. He was good first up at Scone and then four weeks between runs at Randwick and he was up four kilos, couldn't cross to the rails. So he was always sort of two, three off and and just found wanting late. He's drawn out here, but he's got good natural pace. And if he can get across, I think he'll take a bit of catching. Uh, five, uh, sorry, in for second number eight, Contemptuous, who was uh, good first up. He'll strip a lot fit. He's got plenty of upside about him. Uh, seven centre fire. She's in good form. Uh, it was a strong win at Ipswich, where she led all the way. And in for fourth, number 10, Snow Zone. Consistent sort. Uh, he was a month between runs into Randwick last time out and had five kilos more than the winner. It was a good effort to run second there. Drops to 54. He's certainly a hope as well. But uh, there's a few other chances as well. It's a wide race. Two on top from eight, seven and ten. And race nine at... Zoom, but on Saturday is the Magic Minions Pam O'Neill Stakes, 1,600 metres. Group three, set weights and penalties for the Phillies and Mares, Dan. Yeah, with one who will really appreciate the um, the wet track, and it's a 13 zing. Pretty consistent mare. She's uh, only one for a 26, but, you know, I thought, think the, the, the run last Saturday, Rose Hill, indicates she's um, going quite well. Didn't have a whole heap of luck there. Was dropping back from 1,800 to 1,500 metres, and... Yeah, not much uh, room in the straight. So I thought the run was quite good. Should have finished closer. Uh, the 1,600 metres here, I think that's sort of a preferred sort of trip. Um, and look, you know, it's an open race, no doubt about that. But um, I think she's going quite well and down from 58 to 55 and a half kilos here. Of course, she's up in grade. But um, just on that wet track and um, I think the form is better than it reads this prep. I'm... I'm going to give her another chance uh, to ready to fire fifth up, just over the odds, I thought, Zing. So 13 on top for me. In for second at the five, Isafa, the stable mate. Um, presents here third up. Of course, she ran some good races as a, a three-year-old in the in the Queensland uh, winter. So slight rise and trip will help her. She's one on the up. In for third, the two, Charmy Baby. Um, look, an exposed form this prep, probably arguably the best in 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 the field, she, considering she's a listed winner, two back over this trip. Then contested a Tatsiara. She went around big odds, but she didn't have an easy run in transit. She's still done well to finish eight to 17. Um, a good, good, good group one race. So back in, back in grade, she's a, obviously a big winning, big winning chance. And in for fourth, I got the seven Salik. A mare in form who's really uh, risen up the grades as preparation. Um, don't think she's out of place in a race like this. 13, five, two and seven. Yeah, two charmy baby for me. Uh, don't usually get involved in those markets that they open up on a Monday because there's never too much meat on the bone in terms of trying to find value. But she went up $11 and I thought that was too good to refuse. So fingers crossed. I think she is the one to beat on her form. Her form this time has been very good. Uh, excellent second at Eagle Farm to Vinco and then won the Wayne Wilson. And then the Tats Tiara just didn't pan out. She had the gate 16 and Larry Cassidy just kept sliding forward trying to find 
some sort of cover but couldn't be found and I thought she was very game in the straight um, if uh, Kyle Wilson-Taylor can just find a half-decent spot on her here I think she's too good a kilo and a half over the minimum I've come up with the same Chris Waller pair as Daniel in terms of the dangers five easy far both runs back have been good um, banking on that Wicklow form standing up pretty well here in Mayor's company and Zing brings through that same form line. She didn't have a lot of luck in that same race over on the fence. And even her previous two runs, races weren't really run to suit. So I think she's the one that's probably over the odds. And another roughie I'll throw in for fourth. Touched for concern about the wet track. But number 18, Flanders Rain. Newcomer to the Kristen Buchanan yard. And I thought she was excellent in the Dane Ripper. Ran some really good late splits. It was 100 to 1 there, but it was a good effort. She's had a trial since, so I'm not too worried about the 1,300 up to the mile. Just whether she handles the wet track is the slight query, but throw her in for a bit of value. Two on top from 5, 13, and 18. Uh, Dan Zing, was your value bet? Race 9, number 13. Talk us through your best at Durban, which comes up in the first. Yeah, I think Dragon Miss finds a, a nice uh, no-metro wins race here. She contested a, a listed race at Ipswich last start. She had a good run, and look, uh, every chance in the run, no doubt, but she was only two lengths off the winner centre fire. Uh, I think that's good form for this. Um, <clears throat> bit of speed on the race. She's drawn wide, but my map, I see her sort of getting cover, maybe a couple of pairs off the lead. Um, and if she gets luck and isn't posted wide, and I think she'll uh, be hard to hold out, Dragon Miss. I think this is a good race for her. So she's my best. Race one, number five. Joel, any, uh, anything else catch your eye at Derman? Uh, no, nothing else, Sparks. That's it for me there. All righty. Let's head down to Sydney uh, where they are racing at Royal Randwick. And as of Thursday morning, it's a heavy 10. I think the uh, we've just about seen out the worst of the rain. So hopefully we'll go ahead, but uh, it will surely be fairly wet again. Uh, Joel, what did you like at Randwick? Yeah, well, the listed feature race there is the Winter Stakes, and which is race eight. Oh, I've gone Oscar Zulu. I was with him last start, and he probably should have won. He got shuffled back, held up at the top of the straight. Taxu was off and gone. He flew at the line. Um, it was an excellent run. The bottomless track probably gives the advantage to Taxu. And now Oscar Zulu's come up with gate 15. So whilst he should have won, there, you know, there's a couple of negatives. But I think he is ready to win Oscar Zulu. And if he can just get a bit of luck, I think he's worth sticking with. I've actually split him in Taxu because I'm going to have a saver on number 11, King's Air. Um, this, I think, was $34 earlier in the week. I think you can still get around 26s, I think. That's overs because he's a good horse, this bloke. Hawks started with him. Then he went to Walla. He's now with Kim Moore. I thought it was an excellent win first up. And then he had 61 kilos, gate 14. It was just a race he couldn't win second up. But he wasn't too bad. And now he drops eight kilos down to 53. Are you ready to peak third up? I think he's over the odds. Taxu in for third, hard to beat, uh, in form, rolls forward and loves the wet. And four true detective in for fourth, who was sort of being pushed along and, and just didn't quicken and then ran into trouble late in the Civic Stakes. I'm not sure how well he was going, but he's usually very honest around this track and trip and he likes wet tracks. So I've included him in for fourth. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with Osuzula as well. The two, um, just that last start run was excellent. Should have won that, no doubt about it. 
way he finished off there. Of course, that was a dry track. It's different conditions here, but he's has won a couple on heavy heavy tracks before. I thought it was worth sticking with um, <clears throat> the two, so he's on top for me. In the second, I got the four. True Detective uh, loves these wet tracks. It's a good draw here, and um, just a very genuine horse. So definite danger. Three Taxu, four time winner on the heavy track, and just. Um, in a good vein of form, this preparation, uh, barring the, the Eagle Farm miss in a Group 3 race where there's a bit, um, didn't have the easiest runs in transit. He sort of won or finished second and all starts his time in. So clearly flying and in for fourth, loved, love tap. Um, I think he can improve second up. He's unbeaten second up. Um, good draw, low weight. Um, I think worth throwing into the quaddy as well. Two, four, three, and 10 for me. All right, and uh, thank you, Joel. Good save. I had forgotten all about the winter stakes. Uh, the specials at Randwick, you're going head-to-head with your bests, but uh, you start us off, Joel. Race six, number six, Conscript. Yeah, this bloke, um, he came through the grades nicely last prep. They sort of kept him to the midweekers, um, Canterbury Friday night meetings, and he built a good record. He kicked off this time in at Randwick a couple of weeks ago. He drew 12 of 14. He's a horse that normally races on speed, but they elected to ride him cold. He went back. He savaged the line, had the day's second fastest last 600, uh, went third behind Hulk. Now, he's got a wide draw again, but I reckon second up, they'll just be sort of a little bit more inclined to sort of go back to their usual tactics. Um, yeah, without without knowing, but I would say they'll push forward. And I think it'd be hard to beat. He, he just You just needed to see that he'd improved slightly from that sort of midweek level form and I think he has so I think he's going to be very hard to beat here um he's my best Kanazar was actually a slightly shorter price I've made him my value he was my best last week and the race didn't go ahead he lines up in race three and I think at around six six fifty is still a good value play his two runs have been very good had to sustain a long run behind Jojo was a man last time out the format of that race has been frank and it looks good speed here. Um, Gay Waterhouse, Adrian Bott have three runners. Um, whether they all run, that's a question mark. But they can all go forward. And Lease also presses forward. So good speed. Should suit Kanazawa. I think he'll be pretty hard to beat. Yeah, my best. Uh, race six, the nine, Fast Coney. Not a whole heap of luck. This prep snagged to the tail last start and um, was not beating Wahaha Falls. But ran on well into second. I thought it was a good effort. Going well this prep, as I said, not without a whole heap of luck. Um, I think fourth up now, he gets his chance and I'm with him to uh, go one better. So race six, number nine. The value comes up in race nine with the nine star Cherie. Has drawn has drawn wide, but I think she, her form this time in hasn't been all too bad. The run at Randwick was good, sitting up on the speed there and then... Uh, Held up in behind runners last start. Should have finished closer <clears throat> there. I think third up now. Ready to peak. I just think she's a, a mare with a bit of ability. And if you can get um, a chance to get to the outside and they're running on, um, I think Star Shuri appeals at a, at a really big price. So race nine, number nine, the value. All right. Well, it's going to be bragging rights up for grabs there in race six. You've Not only are you going head-to-head with your best bets, but you've each best betted a horse that the other one hasn't even got in the top four. So uh, <laughs> we'll see who's, the, uh, see who's the best judge there. Uh, however, you are in in harmonious accord when it comes to a best bet at Gawler, which is the venue for SA Metro Racing on Saturday. 
both going race nine, number nine, Chicago Storm. So uh, start us off, then. Yeah, really um, coming along nicely. This horse, likely race three-year-olds. Um, look, but the Balaclava win was outstanding. It was uh, sort of over at the top of the straight, raced away there. And then last start, he was only grabbed late by Legless Lady. That horse has um, since won a pretty decent race in Adelaide last weekend. So um, it's a nice horse, Chicago Storm. I think doesn't meet a very an overly strong field here. And if he can keep um, improving, he's only start five here. I think he will really take beating. So, yeah, race nine, number nine, the best. And the value comes up earlier in the day, race three, and with Rapid Razor. Uh, I think the horse is going uh, well for Jake Stevens. Um, a good win at Murray Bridge earlier in the in the prep. And, look, he's only had the one win this time in. He's had about nine or ten, uh, eight or nine starts. But he's been thereabouts. Um in, in all of those, he just got too far back last start from the wide gate. I doubt he gets that far back this time in. Uh, gets two kilos off for Lachlan Nindorf. I just think uh, back to a benchmark 64. Um, I think he's certainly going to be running on late and we'll take some holding out. Race three, number four. Yeah, not much to add about the best bet. Chicago Storm, Daniel mentioned the legless lady form. That looks good. He meets a few older... Um, horses that have probably passed their best here. 55 and a half to 59 coming out of a three-year-old race to take on the older horses. That's the negative for me, but um, we're deep in the season now. So he's you know nearly a four-year-old. I think he'd be pretty hard to beat. And the value is in the first race. Number six, Ghetto Superstar from the Mick Shepherdson stable. Uh, this bloke had some specking on debut, 60s into 20s. He jumped out uh, probably well enough to be only 20 to 1, so he's probably over the odds at that $60 quote. He got back off a wide draw, got a little bit of interference, and then didn't really finish off. But we've seen a couple of horses out of that race at Geelong come out and win, um, including Grinzinger Bishop, who was even behind Ghetto Superstar. He, of course, went to Flemington and won his next start. I think there's uh, just room for improvement with this bloke, so he might be worth a bet each way in the opening race. Alrighty, we're racing at Belmont once again in Perth on Saturday. There is a black type race. It is race eight, the Bowfine Stakes. It's a handicap over a thousand metres. Sees the return of Will Chino, uh, who is probably going to be odds on. Last seen um, uh, all the rage in the Group One. Uh, winter bottom stakes. So you would think if anywhere near right would be picking this up, but it did, went no good in the winter bottom. Uh, had uh, plenty of excuses, uh, veterinary and otherwise there. Um, but uh, Hoops is with Will Chino, so that's uh, 12 to beat. Seven, I see red, I see red. Six, how's the serenity? And three, hot Z. Hoops is best on the Belmont card on Saturday is race six, number 10, Frigid, and his value bet race two, number four, Palatorian. Earlier in the day, across the Tasman Joel, they are racing at Tarapa and Hastings. Yeah, no sort of real feature racing on for this weekend, but um, I think a couple we can make a bit of money off. Uh, my best at Tarapa is race eight, number two, Odin Power. He was my value bet a couple of weeks ago, and he paid a decent divvy for third. He just got a long way back. Samantha Spratt elected to cut the corner, which 
you know, saved all the ground, but then um, just caught in the worst part of the track and he was just sort of swamped by those out wide. But it was a good effort. Now he's third up and gets to 1,400. I think he'll press forward. He gets a four-kilo claimer aboard here. So I think uh, on speed, he'll be giving you a good sight. Uh, race six, the value, number 16, Savannah Rose. Had trialled okay, just indicating that she needed further. She kicked off over 1,200. She was always out in the back, but I thought she worked home fairly well. This doesn't look a very strong maiden. Quickly to 1,600, but I think it's what she wants. Uh, she's drawn well, three kilo claim, so no weight on her back. And I think she's got a fair bit of room for improvement. And at Hastings, my best bet is race three, number five, Shikari. I think this... Uh, Tavistock Philly can go back to back. She'd been sort of knocking on the door with a few excuses. And then uh, young Kelsey Hannon, four kilo claimer, was aboard last time out in a maiden. She took off early, but um, it, was the, it was the right move because there was no speed. And, and this Philly kept up a strong gallop to win. Um, and with the four off, she actually drops a kilo on that performance with 51 and a half. So I think she can win again. And my value is race six, number eight, surprise me. Two runs back from a spell. Uh, there was improvement noted last time out. And importantly, she's two from two third up. So I think on the minimum here, she's ready to peak. And hopefully we remain at eight runners and we can get the each way price. All righty, that wraps up the Saturday of racing around Australasia. Brings us to our best $20 bet of the weekend, Lady Lobster. Well, I was due, but now I'm back on a roll. Uh, my only regret with Renouf last week was that uh, I pusillanimously went, pusillanimously went each way. Um, but still, reasonable collect made for a decent profit. So uh, I am carrying you blokes, but uh, that's uh, <laughs> the reverse of the usual case. So I'm going to go this week with... Uh, I'm going to, and having lamented being so weak to go as to go each way, I am going to do it again. I'm going to go to Caulfield Race 1, number 4, and that is Jukebox Flyer, but uh, I am going to go each way and see if I can keep my run of profits going. Joel, what are you doing? Yeah, I am going to go to Brisbane and uh, put the 20 straight on the nose of Charmy Baby, Race 9, number 2. Uh, I was umming and ahhing between Dragon Miss in Brisbane and um, Chicago Storm and Gawler, but um, added confidence with Joel being keen on Chicago Storm as well. I'll go my 20 on that horse. Definitely need a winner. I'm in a bit of a drought at the moment. Only three weeks. Uh, don't you know how, how quickly we forget No Name Lane? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, wraps up the uh, podcast. Leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already. All the form for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Plenty of great reading and other stuff besides. And also, don't forget, we're only three weeks away from the calendar. So if you can book your copy with your uh, news agent, then please do so. But uh, Friday, July 29 is the day for the calendar. Make sure you get there because it is not available online. And if you're thinking of uh, 
you know, ringing or emailing and begging us for a copy, just bear in mind we don't get them back for quite some time. So uh, if you want them nice and fresh to get the full 12 months, you must get to your newsagent on Friday, July 29. In the meantime, have a great weekend, everybody. Back plenty of winners, and we'll talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.